Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. This is Trav. And this is Jonathan. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of hearing a strange thing at night, going downstairs and stepping into acid and realizing that the battery from your car has decided to go for a snack. Yeah, but what happens when your uh, fire elemental leaves and you can't take a hot shower now? Uh, You should have taken better care of your appliances. That's right. That's right. You know, there, there has to be boundaries and rewards. So, anyways, uh, just, just remember, dogs are just children that never grow up. <laughs> Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier. This week, we are talking about adding magic or magical beings, you know, or whatever you qualify as magic, okay, to technology. So, so we, we talked about, you know, we have... Uh, you know, element, you know, the elementals and creatures. And some, some of them are unintelligent, and so you can use them as long as you're not making them suffer. You can ethically use them any way you want to. Okay, and they, and uh, and if you, and you can either just have them like create a, a, a constant uh, supply of energy which is tapped off, or you can use some method of stimulating them so that they produce more energy on demand, and then you essentially get the equivalent of a uh, waterless tank uh, tank heater versus a normal tank heater using gas or something like that, electricity. Uh, uh, you can use the uh, elementals to produce. You know, we haven't talked about electrical elementals yet. You know, lightning elementals. Or earth elementals. Well, we did a little earth elemental when I talked about uh, the powering the power armor in factory. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And and the mana generator on the outside of the house. But yeah, you know, a lot of, you know, once you have something that basically produces electricity. Now, stack electricity is not the same thing as uh, electromagnetically generated electricity. There's, There's a lot of things that don't work, you know, on each other. And, uh, you know, and, and somebody had to, and, and someone gave a good example of the difference between the two. It says you could produce, you know, X amount of coulombs of, en- of electrical energy, which is a, a measurement of how much electrical energy there is, okay, by rubbing the backs of a thousand cats and collecting it in a Leyden jar, which basically collects charge, all right? Or you could use an electrical generator and, and just basically turn a little hand crank and produce the same amount of electricity stored in an electrical leader jar. Okay, one is not very easily take it to the next level. It's you, you can't leverage it. You know, it, it kind of has a it becomes very hard to collect energy off of a thousand. You have to have you have to have a thousand people rubbing a thousand cats, okay, to get energy in one case. In the other case, you can use other forms of motive like water power or oxen turning a wheel or something like that to get the same. You know, using a gearing system to generate even more power. So one, you know, sometimes, you know, you can have things going from one type of of a magical technology into another type of technology because the other types a better for version of it. So just because you decide to do something with one, you know, like say the elementals in the stove, doesn't mean that, you know, you couldn't replace the that fire elemental in the stove with an electrical elemental that basically powered a heating element that produced only the heat that you needed and didn't produce an ambient amount of heat that then had to be compensated for with a cold elemental, for example. So, you know, because can you imagine you got you got elementals all through your house heating various things that need to be heated, like the the, the water heater in the bathtub, you know, or, uh, you know, maybe there's a fireplace, you know, let's say it's wintertime, you know, 
and and or even you know, when summertime comes around, what are you going to do? Your LMLs they're heating the house up, right? You know they're you know either you have to have some kind of elemental service out there that swaps your most of your heating elementals for cold elementals, so now you have air conditioning, okay? Or you have to have some other elemental that can basically provide both services, like an electric elemental that can run a heat pump. I could easily see it like, you know, if you're running this t type of magitechnical campaign setting where, you know, the 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 further, you know, kind of like, like the 1800s where the further rural houses ha are having to use like the ice and fire elementals together, but the 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 city folk use their electrical elementals because they're just so much more efficient and and, and cheaper overall. It's just I, buying the the electrical stoves and air conditioners is too much for the the rural folk. Well, you know, in in a farm situation, right? Okay, you want to go from the farm to ta uh, to the down to church on Sunday. Okay, you got to go and and uh, you know saddle up the horse and get you know get you know, attach it to the surrey get into the wagon or whatever like that ride it down you got to maintain that horse throughout the week you know i mean you have you you have you have a uh i can't think of the right term here you you basically have a base requirement in order to keep that service available okay when you're in a city you know a hundred horses can serve a thousand people you, you know, you have taxis, you, you know, you have streetcars, you have whatever, you know, so that people don't have to make, you know, keep, everybody doesn't have to have a horse because they have, they can share these mo these forms of transportation in a big city. So, you know, you have this economies of scale going on that promote the idea of going from one form to another. Yeah, because I guess I mean, depending on how you you rule it, you could easily say that one lightning elemental could provide enough electricity for two or three houses if they're small and close together. Right, if it provides that kind of electricity, <laughs> you know, because you know, like I said, a lightning elemental, unless it's able to produce lightning in a sine wave, you know, or you know, whatever. It's it's not going to produce the kind of electricity you need in order to power devices. So uh, is is it able to produce energy like a DC? You know, even DC is a you know is straight DC. If they can provide straight DC, there's a lot of things that could use that. Okay, but you know if you wanted an AC sine wave out of a lightning elemental, that might be a tough tough row to hoe. So uh, now. There's one thing we haven't talked about, which is a, a, another application of this same sort of thing, and that is a, ther a thermistor. Uh, does that, either of you guys know what a thermistor is? The word sounds familiar, mm. but I don't know. Nope, nope. It's usually used with heat. That's where the therm comes from. Okay, what it is is that you have two dissimilar types of metal, and they're very specific, and when you apply heat so there's a differentiation from what heat from one side to the other okay to the other metal it causes a flow of electrons and that you know but that but instead of it flowing right over to the other one you run it through a wire or something basically it produces electricity by applying heat or cold cold works too okay uh there was uh you know and you can so either a cold elemental or a cold spell if it's a per it doesn't, i mean the we, we've been talking about these like these are living creatures but any kind of spell that creates an area and you can cast a permanency on it or you can just cast it so long it doesn't matter then you essentially you know have this thing you can rely on and you can use it to work with to, to interface with your technology so you know a cold elemental or a heat elemental inside of a box that that's on one on one or more sides of it there's thermistors okay can basically generate uh, a large amount of uh, of electricity I mean basically again it'd be DC power right so uh, but and, and I would prefer a cold elemental myself because you know that way to me it's usually you know easier to deal with cold than heat. 
you know, a, a cold elemental is not going to set your house on fire. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. if it escapes, you 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 don't have to worry about burning down the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, and 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 both and both uh, heat and electrical creatures can do that because yeah. are you familiar with the uh, uh, how electrification was brought into people's homes back in the turn of, of, of the 20th century? No. They brought copper wires in from the outside and and, and just uh, hung them everywhere. <laughs> they literally... Wait. Hold it. Like no, no insulation. insulation. No insulation. Or oh, if they, dear I'm not God. kidding. I am oh. not kidding. It would there would be a it would basically come from a, a thing up in your ceiling or from your window and you'd string it up to an insulator, but it would there'd be no protection. Yeah. It'd go over to your lights, okay, and it'd light up your lights. They even had and I and again, I kid you not on this, okay, they had tablecloths that had wires copper wires with prongs on them, okay? So, you know, they were in rows. And you could go and take your a coffee pot and set it down on your on your table and the coffee pot, the, the electricity would go through the heating elements and heat your coffee up. Or you could set a lamp down on the table and the lamp would turn on because it was making contact with those wires. And the only insulate, the only thing you had keeping you from being, and you're sitting there keeping you from electrocuted was the insulated quality of the, the, you know, the fact that it was all supposed to be on the top. You know, I would definitely be wanting oh. to use like wooden cutlery, <laughs> not steel. Or, I mean, this literally was true. They were selling these to people's homes. Not joking. So, I mean, you, you can imagine how scary some this technology in its evolution could be because it was scary in our own people's houses were burning down because they brought electricity into it and they you know and and it really it wasn't a case of overdoing the wires the wires were just you know getting caught on something or somebody was tripping and fall and, and touching a wire and making a connection and being shocked or or, or giving this as a heart attack it happened a lot Okay, but everybody thought it, these things were so cool because light when I want it or it heats my water heater when I, you know, so I always have hot water or it runs, you know, I, it runs my, my, uh, you know, uh, my vacuum cleaner, you know, and, and maybe sometimes they covered the cords with, with rubber or something like that. But most of the time, the infrastructure was literally bare wire. You know, and, and, and they were like, well, no, we don't want to wrap it with, like, uh, cloth or paper because if the wire gets hot, you'll set it on fire and your house will burn down. So it's better for it to be bare. Just stay away from it, right? Wow. I am not kidding. This is so, – there's some amazing – there's some stuff on YouTube that you can look up that is just about this, you know, electricity in the, in the, in the early 20th century, how dangerous it was. Or your average person because your average person is like magic literally it's like magic i take this thing i stick it in here it works how is yeah. that possible how is that possible i don't know it's a, you know we we grew up with it so we accept it okay you know but i mean we we accept phones that operate communicate and there's nothing attaching them to anything you know some of us grew up with all of our phones plugging into a wall Yep. We're like, you know, we didn't know how those worked either, but at least it made sense that you you talked into the phone and it went out a cable and then, it, you, know, you know, I mean, and he says, well, is it is it using radio waves? No, it's using microwaves. The stuff we use to heat our food? Yes. And you're communicating with that and I'm putting that up to the side of my head? Yes. This is Wait crazy talk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. And and that's why I think Fallout, the video game, is so funny because they so embraced nuclear. I mean, everything was nuclear. <laughs> you know, the cars were nuclear. They'd even blow up, you know, uh, in, into a mushroom cloud. I mean, they were so there was so much nuclear nuclear stuff in um, in Fallout that just were it the was drinks uh, were nuclear. 
Some of them were radioactive. You're right. Yeah, strontium. They had strontium in it. They made them glow. So you knew they were, and and that and that feeling, you knew it was working. Oh yeah, that tingly, burning feeling. That's that's, yeah. that's the energy working. Yeah, that means that means you're, you're being cleansed. And your glowing tea. Yep, that's that's part of it. That's yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. Now you know it went all the way through because of that. Yeah. Yeah. But all you have to do is take the magical rad X, right? And everything's fine. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's this like is... it's like Nukaway from uh, Mork and Mindy. How could you have nuclear energy without Nukaway? Are you crazy? <laughs> Some people know what we're talking about when we say Mork and Mindy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Robin Williams, uh, arguably, start in his career as yeah. as the yeah. as the alien who who came to Earth and lived with a human female you know scandal 1980s boulder colorado and it was actually a spin-off of happy days it was in the cunning m household to richie yes yes but it was a dream in that yep well he came back later and said yes i come back to earth i am now living in 1980s in boulder colorado but i came back to visit you yeah Well, but in the Happy Days episode, at the end, he opens the door. There's Robin Williams. He says, it's you, it's you. You know, you're the, you're the alien. You're whatever. And he's like, uh, I can see I came to the wrong house. I'll just let you get back to whatever it was you're doing. Excuse me yeah. very much. And he turns around yeah. and runs away. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Funny episode. But, okay. All right. So, uh, but, you know, yeah. So, if you have a, um, uh, a if you have spells that you can make permanent and local and localize them then you can use them to, to you know to power a lot of things using technology thermistors that's that's technology okay no, you know nobody somebody had to think that up just like someone had to think of transistors the idea of using these weird substances together gallium and whatever else is in there and and basically do the equivalent of what a radio tube used to do that that took some smarts that was that was a genius who did that you know but once you had that then you could then take it and connect it with other things the original detonators for uh, explosives was a little handheld generator and he was just the guy would just and then boom you know they send the electricity through the line to the wires and blow up the oh the explosives. old pump oh the old pump detonator that you push down to set off dynamite yeah well that still had a that still had a charge in it you had to get that charge up and then you could push and that would go into a capacitor or something see i always push. thought the charge was you pushing down and that turned something and I, got the charge. I can remember going. seeing both. I think one was an evolution of the other. I think originally yeah. you do had to do a crank to build up the charge and then hit the button, but then later they they found I think a way of later doing the they pump. just had a battery in there. Yeah, uh, like and then lead, yeah, small later they lead the acid battery. battery. I don't know. <laughs> I, I can remember here like at least in the movies where they try to be accurate, the like the pump ones you're talking about, Trav, yeah. It would it would they I guess they just got the generator um, efficient enough that one push of the pump or the the plunger down was enough to generate yeah. charge. Right, and of course, you know, uh, you know, in our in our, our magic, whatever, you'd have a little tiny electrical elemental in there, and you when you pushed it down, you were crushing it, you know, and it would send the power out through the lines because it was, you know, that that's what happens when you squish something. <laughs> so. <laughs> And and uh, if you kill it, you might just you know, you have a, you have a pack of them, just slap in a new one for the next one. I mean, like I said, it can get really dark, folks. You know, you could be killing elements. Oh crap! Bob's gone. Yeah, he pushed the plunger two down. Okay, Murray, yeah. see ya. Yeah. All right, let's bring let's bring in Bob too. <laughs> so, much like much like player characters in. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, in, in, in any any game you want in Asia, you know, this says, is why you don't give your him character that. died. Who are you playing? I'm playing his brother, who's looking to get some justice for his brother. Yeah, <laughs> this is why you don't give them names. They're just they're just PC number two, PC number three. Well, don't that's get, a, don't get trapped. And, and yes, in this magical society with technology, I'm sure they would be very. You know, the powers that be would like no, don't name them. They're, they don't have names. They're not intelligent beings. It's just like you're on the farm. Never name your animals on the farm. No. You know, if you don't teach a child how to speak within a certain range of time, they never learn. 
So you, you could have these elementals that normally we could become quite intelligent as such. You just deprive them in their early formative period, and they just become these basically... So you get these 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 people out in the backwaters, and they're there like this, and I'm sort of perpetuating, not perpetuating a stereotype here. Please send your hate mail directly to tritechgames.podbean.com, or tritechsystems.podbean.com. Oh, we're not going to give so, you a personal email? <laughs> <laughs> Crazy, so not stupid. Anyways, you get this this farmer going, oh, I see what it is. You're going to give that elemental some book learning. We don't do that around here. We don't like our elementals knowing all this stuff. No, you just, no we don't do that book learning for elementals out here. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's good for it's good for women and um, people wow. who are, people who are different than us. <laughs> oh dear God! And Bruce's email is yeah, yeah. bshepherdaol.com. <laughs> Feel free to send me all of your messages. No, 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 no. Because then I know people are listening to us. <laughs> no, no. It's like Eric the Enabler used to say on on my show for when we'd piss people off. We await your angry letters. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, but if you can, like I say, if you if you have a permanent spell that can strain, you can leverage that any number of ways. Like I said, a, a cold area, a hot area, electrical charge that just keeps on going. You know, uh, you know, you want that electric fence? Fine, just you know, plant your your uh, electrical uh, spell with a permanency right there on the wires, and the wires will just keep. You know, keep the charge up all the way around. Anything walks into it, zappo. You know, that's I that to me that seems like a fairly easy thing to do. But you know, someone has to make the wire. Somebody has to put in the po the posts. Someone has to come up with the idea of using the wire to transmit the electricity to form this electrical barrier. You know, and basically to make all this stuff, you would end up having. As I said, unless this was a one-shot, some weird wizard that does all this stuff, the the type of campaign you'd have to be running to have magic-powered technology like this, you'd have to be around the Industrial Revolution era. So we're talking minimum 19th century, because you not only, yeah, okay, yeah, we can trap these elementals and, you know, have them transmit their energy and do this and this, but you still need the technological and industrial infrastructure to make all this stuff. You have to make the elemental holding tanks. You have to make the wiring. You have to make the scaffolding. You have to make, you know, you know, if you're doing uh, communications via elemental, you still got to, you know, get the sawmills to cut the foam poles and, and then make the wiring to string from the foam poles and all that. You need to have your society is going to go through its own industrial revolution in order to do this. So you're talking the 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 early the mid to late I always mess this up nineteenth century eighteen hundreds so all that time the Victorian the Edwardian era where you have it it would be yeah magical steampunk essentially but yeah you're going to have to have all of this. Yeah, infrastructure, all the factories. And so you're going to end up with a lot of Charles Dickens type stuff with, you know, greasy, smudged, sooty workers. Well, depending on how clean the elemental powering is to do this stuff, you might, you know, you might not be covered in soot and smudge and because you won't have bur be burning the coal. But yeah, this type of society minimum would be mid to late 19th century ish. Just for because you need to be able to make all of the the wherewithal to have all this elementally powered stuff. Well, I, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I also see that once you have this controllable power the way it is, it's going to generate that that the creation of some of that technology. Again, all yeah, all ships rise at high tide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, so in the half hour we have left. Uh, let's talk. Let's kind of break it down for our listeners, okay? Uh, I have five categories. Uh, the, the arguably we've already really talked about number uh, number two a lot. So let's start with the the first one: communication. How would you know? You know how how would magic and technology operate? You know in communication. 
Communication, uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is like an air elemental that you're almost treating like a, a, a homing pigeon. As long as there's air between you and your destination, supposedly this thing can move as fast as a hurricane, depending, I mean, if we're just going, you know, conceptually and not worrying about specific game mechanics. Yeah. In my mind, an air elemental should move as fast as a gale force wind. So, so we could like you know carry an object, but you know, like a book or something like that. I mean, yeah, I'd say, or or, or you just simply be. tell it something and it yeah. just goes. Okay, all right. Yeah, messenger service. If yeah, if it's if it's semi intelligent, yeah, you could talk. You know, you could tell it, or if it's not, you could just give it a little piece of paper that it carries along. Okay, uh, Trav, you you got something. Uh, the example that comes to mind for me, and and we're using the Eberron setting again, the gnomes of Zilargo had something called Sending Stones, where you're basically using the message spell. Oh, you can send a message up to 25 words for this much, and they just transmit to another city, and then you get the guy, and it, it's basically like a telegraph, using the message spell to send messages, vast different differences vast distances it's raspberry lemonade tonight folks there's no booze here um yeah that would be something i'm trying to think something more along the lines of like tv or radio level okay well you could obviously use a, a electrical elemental to power your radio or television yeah or yeah telephone. yeah right so you know it's it's basically doing it um i have one let's say you have a a, a disc and it, it and it's basically it resonates like with sound, okay. And it's it's magical. You know, you 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 create it with magic. So basically, anything that you say to, if you say to it, it basically it's like like a, uh, a billiard ball. It'll bounce. It, it'll come on one side and bounce out the other, and then you stack those up in a row. You know, let's say along the side of a highway or something like that. You can make them smaller and smaller. You know, essentially with with highest level of technology, you might be able to make these things so it's literally a cable. But let's let's start let's start with simpler technology. So you have them in this row. So someone on one end of it goes and you know you have this going from one location to another. Person turns around. He says something. He or she says something into the crystal. As you know, as each phonon comes out of their mouth, it basically gets the crystal takes it, resonates, and sends it off to the next crystal, and the next crystal does the same thing, and and it is basically you know uh, literally is telephone tag. You know, it's uh, it gets sent down the length without any, because it's magic. There's no loss of uh, power. So it's not, you know, it's not like actually a, a telephone on a wire where, you know, it's only, it's limited by a certain length. You theoretically, these stones are all amplifying as well as, you know, to a certain extent, as well as uh, accurately uh, collecting the sound and it just gets sent along. Uh, the only real problem would be like any ambient sound might slowly distort the message over time, which is why you might want to put it into a tube, a pipe, or something like that. And that way you'd be nice and quiet inside and just send it along. And it your only limitation at that point would be uh, the length. Is it practical? How much does it cost to make this sort of thing? But it would be a way for you, for somebody, you know, people could literally talk from one side of the city to another. Or one person in a central office, like the mayor, could send out a message that was broadcast to a hundred different locations at the same time through some kind of, you know, the stones are like right next to each other, so multiples of them pick it up and they can split it again and again, and then they all go out in their various directions, and you, you basically have a PA system now. could go even to individual people's homes. So, yeah, I could, I could see that as a, as a method of, of, of communication. Uh, and, and likewise, people could turn around and, and let's say this, the same thing goes to like the police station. So you turn around and you take the thing off the end and says, help, I'm being robbed, you know, and, you know, so-and-so uh, Main Street and the, somebody at the other end, you know, here's the, here's the cry for help, sends the police out to get you, you know, to help you. So 
it could it could go both ways. There's no reason why the resonating crystal couldn't operate in two different directions depending upon where it received. And maybe it can happen simultaneously. I don't know. See now we're now we're getting into the weird things. Okay, so but yeah, maybe have two two one for incoming, one for outgoing. Yeah, side there by side, go. or you know, uh, or maybe just just like two wires, like we have two wires of the cable now. You have one, you know sending and receiving i don't know but that's that's an example of using a a magical device to create technology using the same principles of technology of repeating and splitting and things like that that we do right now with electricity we could also use with sound as long as you had something that would repeat it and then broadcast it accurately to the next receiver so yes you know the fires the fires of gondor have been lit <laughs> They just got the big fire elemental to stand up on top of the thing. Yeah. They go stand up there. Yeah. You know, when one fire metal <laughs> sees the sees the other fire metals lit, it lights. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you, that's a way of just by that's a that's a really primitive way, which basically means that you know when you see the fire elemental's lit, you know there's something bad's coming. You know. Yeah. I this is a bit of a tangent, but it actually kind of relates because I was thinking about something I've been thinking about for a while now is um, how when you have like a magical effect that creates music. And sometimes it's described as otherworldly or ethereal in my head, that always means it sounds like a synthesizer. Oh, because to me, what does a synthesizer do but just convert electricity into a pure tone? Yeah, and magic in my mind would do the exact same thing. It's just creating a pure tone in the air. So I've always had in my head these, you know, like highly magical civilizations. If they've got a an advanced enough music theory, they might incorporate magical music into their, you know, musical traditions, and it'll just sound like new wave <laughs> with a lot of synthesizers. <laughs> There was this thing on Facebook that I saw just last night where the, where essentially they took they recorded the sound of a black hole. I don't know the specifics of it, but there was Oh yeah, the one scientist she found a way to do it and she this this woman's like under 30 and figured this out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The sound is so creepy. I mean, it literally sounds unworld, yeah. uh, you know, unworldly. And of course, you'd want that. You'd want that sound, okay? If you're thinking of black hole, yeah. So you don't want it to sound like a, a Tinker Bell. Yeah, you know, or you you don't want a, ha a black hole to have a happy sound. This no. definitely was not a happy sound. This 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 sounded hungry, <laughs> which is I'm sure was what they were going for. But anyways, but it was supposedly based upon the, the recorded expansion, contraction of gases, you know, and of course, you know, as, as they whip around the black holes, you know, those gases are going to make sounds as they rub on each other. So there's supposedly there, there's some science in there by taking what they were able to record and saying, okay, if, you know, this means this, then we're going to translate it into this tone. And the end result is just really creepy to listen to. And I highly recommend you do that. <laughs> it's, it was cool. I'm laying in bed saying, okay, now I don't need sleep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we already sleep talked about a lot of household uses. So let's kick on to commercial uses. All right. Where would you see, you know, like these things being used, in a, you know, in a major way? Because when we say commercial, we're talking about, you know, big you know, big processes. Mm. Immediately, the first thing that came on my mind, and it's not long the, the factory floor type idea, but it was more in a, in a financial idea, was your vault is an earth elemental. Your what? Your vault is an earth elemental? And your bank is a, your vault is an earth elemental. Oh, you just, you just shoved the money inside of its stomach? Or what, where its stomach would be? Yeah, you could do that, or it, it it literally is the door to your vault. Oh, it just stands there and uh, <laughs> gets out of the way whenever the right person comes up? Yeah. Okay, well, all right. Uh, a bank vault. Okay, that's that's commercial. All right, I hadn't really thought about that. That's the first thing that came to my mind, but now, yeah, trying to think about factory, you might okay. give me a second. <laughs> Trav, you got something? Oh, let's see. I would say having a gate open to the elemental plane of water 
and using it for uh, converting land to where it can be farmed. Use it for irrigation. You dig the trenches and you just got this small gate from the elemental plane of water and it, using advanced agriculture techniques, you now have all this wonderful farmland that you didn't have before. So you don't rely upon the ecology of the area. You're just, you're just going to introduce whatever you want as much, as much as you want. Well, yeah. I mean, let's face it. Let's say you're in a, in a, in a part of the world, you know, your game world where, okay, we need more farmland. Well, this land here is, you know, we can, you know, irrigate it, open some elemental water gates and irrigate this land. And after a while, it'll be decent enough where we can start planting stuff. Or you could also pull, um, in, pull in some, some fresh soil from the plane of earth. There you go. Or, and, and even though I do not approve of this practice in real life, we are looking at you, big South American country. Uh, basically, Elemental's doing slash and burn. Oh, we need more farmland. Well, we can get rid of this other type of the forest or, you know, whatever, and just... That would be going down that dark path. Having somebody... Yeah. And that would be a dark path method, but yeah, basically using fire elementals for slash and burn agriculture. Again, we do not condone that here on the Travcast. We want to save our rainforests on this world. Um, but yeah, no, I could see that just some evil sorcerer king doing this. Well, I need to feed my millions of people. This jungle, it's just full of birds and monkeys. <sighs> Come in and okay, we got farmland now. Yeah. So agriculture in various forms. Sure. Okay. That's, that's fine. You know, certainly, uh, uh, you know, an earth elemental, you know, uh, might also be, uh, able to, you know, suss the, the, the nature of the land and, and be able to say, this needs more potassium. Yeah. And, okay. And, yeah. And and I and and I know where there's potassium because I can smell it. It's from over there in the mountains, or or hey, you know, these this this pile of detritus over here has lots of potassium in it. You just need to take this and spread it over your land, and you know, I mean, yeah. for people who don't understand how to do fertilization, so, so but I'm just saying. I was also thinking, um, if we're keeping with like an agricultural farm type thing, your windmill, you got that air elemental. Yep, yep. It's always running. Right. Oh, you're grinding all sorts of corn and wheat now, son. Just, right. oh, we've got back. As, just as sent, fast what, as you want. As fast right. as what, you're, what, was, what was that line that Jack Nicholson can. said? Send it out a whole new door. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, you're talking farming. Okay, what's the first step in farming besides acquiring the land? Oh, Prepping it fields. for plowing. Earth mm -hmm. elementals are like mm -hmm. the king of plowing. Okay, they literally yep. they just they, they 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 literally walk along and kick for you know <laughs> kick trenches up. You or know? if you want, if we're gonna do that, since we're doing magic and not necessarily uh, elementals, you just get druids with move earth. And okay, there's your furrows. Put down your seeds. And there's another furrow. Yeah, we'll yeah. plant corn over here. And I'm doing sort of a with a little a little hand parting motion, like you're moving aside two sides of a curtain. Like and you're that's being just Moses. Yeah, right. kind of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we're yeah. we're we're talking about large, you know. In this case, it's not really a blunt type spell because you want furrows. So yeah, that that move earth. You know, uh, one form of move earth would be to say, hey, let's take all this 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 soil that's over here and spread it over here where we need it okay yeah uh, uh or let's make a found let's let's dig out this this excavate this foundation whoop okay you yeah know? and then they and then then the, the 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 masons and whatever people come in and they literally build the house at that point but you've done that initial you know excavation that would be a, a lot of work to do oh oh that just reminded me of magic making technology and this is something i don't know why i didn't bring this setting up before the second world setting they had a lady come in oh yeah we have a liar of building okay you're, you're making skyscrapers now in the second world the city of runes that version of new york looks a lot like modern day new york because they used a liar of building and just people playing 
these liars for hours at a time. And hey, look, we got, you know, half of a skyscraper built. We got the general part of it. Okay, then you have the the detailers go in and finish all the inside stuff. Yeah, use that and start your own construction company. Yeah, like like the Harry Potter where, you know, in, in the um, uh, Fantastic Beasts and how to, you know, where to find them series, where literally they're, they're walking out there waving their wands around and buildings are reconstructing themselves. Yeah. <laughs> and that would be things like make whole creation, major creation, mending, if you want to. Oh, we got it. You know, we got a little bit of crack in the drywall here. Mending. Okay, it's done. You know, just that one point of damage and it's good as new. Right. So, you know, I mean, and it could be, and, and just because you do that doesn't mean you still don't need someone to put up drywall. You right. Know, because, you know, a, a, a wall, uh, you know, we, we call, they're called unfinished basements for a reason. Yeah. You know, you, you, you go in and you put in the flooring, you put in the, the drywall, and suddenly you have a nice room in your house, you know, after you've hidden away all the necessities, like, you know, the furnace and whatever. You know, so... Otherwise, you just basically have the top floor of you in a big empty space for storage, which is what a lot of people use un, un, unfinished basements for. So yeah. it's where they put the washer dryer. So in case something bad happens, so what? A little water got on the floor, the concrete slab. Yeah, and it just runs to the drain. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Or not, and you just pump it out. You know, whatever. Yeah. So, um, okay. Uh, I was thinking more along the lines of like big, you know, steel manufacturer, you know, um, you, you, you've got, you know, you say either, you know, things like wall of fire, where you literally just put it around a crucible and just th keep, th you throw metal or whatever into it and it basically melts and, or the, uh, or the, the metal flows out of it and you have a tap at the, uh, on you do it on three sides, you know, or mostly just space, you know, where it's 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 safe, and you have a tap, and it basically just flows out, you know, into another container where the process might be repeated if you needed to, do, you know, to separate out various ores. But essentially, you're using like a wall of a uh, 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 fire to, you know, uh, uh, to power a crucible, which would normally be done through um, in more modern by like electromagnetism using like electrical induction, which could still be done. You could use those those elementals and such. You know, you could wrap it in wire and have somebody cast a lightning bolt, you know, on one end and, and it would heat it up, you know, so or uh, a sear a wand of them and just bang, 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 you know, and at the end of which you now have, you know, 20 tons of molten metal, you know, I mean, there's various ways that, you know, you can use in big, in big stuff, you know, but something like, for example, wall fire, I think would be really, really useful for creating an area that's constantly at a high temperature that you could then, you know, use that, that aspect of being so high temperature to do a lot of things like, you know, uh, refining foundries. Boundaries refining, yeah, all that kind of stuff yeah. like that. So that was that was the thing that came to my mind, you know. It's and and of course, you know, something like, you know, a, a wall of fire. You know, I mean, it's it's the, the it's directional. You're walking behind the wall of fire. It's it's not hot. The fire goes out, hits the thing, it heats up. Oh, that's right. Heat goes yeah. rises. You know, so you're going to have some kind of venting up in the ceiling, but everybody else isn't like roasting. Like, you know, like, you know, in, until you decide to decant your either you, you take it out through a pipe or you pivot it and you pour it out like they they used to do in, in, in those steel foundries. But you, then you set it back down into the wall of fire area and refill it. So, yeah, I mean, you know, through hoppers or slides or, you know, conveyors of some kind. So, yeah, you can have some really big things. Uh, uh, another thing that I was thinking about was that if you have something like an intelligent creature, like an intelligent water elemental, water elemental mean, doesn't mean just water. It really means any liquid. So you could, for example, have a water elemental take crude oil and by having it pass through their bodies, literally spout it out, you know, here's your gasoline, here's your kerosene, you know, 
plopping bricks out of your uh, of your asphalt. I mean, it's really not that much of a stretch. And when you know when and when it, and when its shift is done, you know, assuming that it has shifts, okay, it just simply you just shut off the feed and it just expels it out and cleans itself out and goes about its business. Next next elemental comes in, picks up the slack, or you have them in series. Of so course. as they're leaving, so as they're leaving by the time clock again, it's you know like the old cartoon. Morning, Ralph. Morning, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> And, and of course, you know, you could, I mean, if it's a, if it's an, industrial, oh, you got that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. If it's an industrial situation, you could have a hundred of these things. Okay. So that, you know, is and, and, and they have, they have staggered shifts. So you never have a time when the flow, you know, the, the slice must flow. The flow never stops, yeah. you know, because, you know, they, they, they all go into holding tanks and then they're put into other tanks and go out to where they're going to be useful. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, both the ability of rocks, you know, rock elementals, you know, and, um, and, and there are some spells like, you know, as you mentioned, like fabricate, you know, and, and there, there's, there are spells. If we stay away from D and D, there's tons of spells that allow you to do things. You know, I have this spell in my D in my D and D game called, uh, summon, some, some, summon element. You literally can pull up a pound of uranium if it's if it's in the area of effect. You you know. At which hmm. point, at which point, I, I didn't have the spell be good enough to to separate out you know the various isotopes. But I mean, if you if you could pull a, uh, just pull a couple hundred one casting, I I I get a thousand pounds of uranium. Oh geez! Send that off to the refinement place, or gold, or silver, or copper, or you know aluminum, you know because it's going to be the pure element, right? Yeah. You know sodium. Got to be careful with that. Yeah. <laughs> so the guy, the first person who summoned a pound of sodium, uh, hopefully summoned it a fair distance away from them, because otherwise, boom, <laughs> out of the ground. That that there's siege technology right there. And yes, yeah. you could. Get, well, that's that's going to get to the end. So yeah, that's another example of commercial use. Uh, okay, transportation. Uh, I think we 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 covered this a lot about you know you could use air elemental, you know, to keep your vehicle in the air. You don't have to have wings. You don't have to understand aerodynamics. You've got something that can literally carry it, you know, from one place to another. Okay. Water uh, elementals pushing yeah. ships and submarines at, along. At, yeah. at best, you might have to worry about just weight. You know, you right. might make need to make sure it's not too heavy for your elemental to lift it. But other than that, right. yeah. Or a water elemental creating essentially the or a or an air elemental. We get a more sophisticated creating the equivalent of a, um, a, a of a bearing, a water bearing or a gas bearing, and it basically something just slides along the ground because, you know, it's the. the, the in the space between the ground and and some surface, it just basically pushes itself in there and keeps the two apart. Now you've got essentially, um, uh, uh, you know, like a maglev, maglevs, and things like well, that. Well, and in Eberron, they did that with lightning stones, where you had these little pyramids set out six feet apart, and you had, it was a train, and it glided along the path of these stones and you had train travel as if you were on a steam locomotive and it was that that repulsion it would be repelled off of the tops of the and you wouldn't want to touch this thing because yeah you get shocked and of course you know they you knew okay they're laying down a a, a lightning line here we want to stay away from it and these trains would be zipping along at like 35 40 miles an hour it could just produce electromagnetic energy but not electricity so basically, you just put magnets on the underside of your vehicle. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and then you you have these things on pivots. I mean, they're basically as like a set. So you basically are getting up to speed. And they're slightly angled so to give you forward momentum, and then you get to a certain point. Let's say you're going into a train station or something like that. They angle back the other way to decelerate yep, you, slow you down, slow you down, mm -hmm. and then they work around a little ways, you know, to slide you in to where you need to go, and you can. You, know, you could still use, you know, like rollers to, to engage with the train station to stop it where you need to and then take them out and then let the thing is roll you, roll you forward again back onto the tracks. 
So yeah, I mean, if you have the ability to create magical, powerful electromagnets using magic, then you can do lots of things like that. Reverse gravity to do space travel. Absolutely. Just you get in this thing and you kick, kick in the reverse gravity and you just fly up in the air. Of course, you better be buckled in or you'll be plastered to the bottom of the craft. But yeah, you'd shoot straight up like a rocket. Well, like reverse gravity, it basically says the, the strength of the gravity is going to diminish as you keep going up. But as long as this is, if the vehicle is aerodynamic, okay, by the time you get up there to the top, you, you would have, might have enough acceleration to actually reach orbit. Uh, reverse gravity on a space elevator. And just rides that that beanstalk all the way up to you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Station. Yeah, because that's a real issue with beanstalks. People don't understand that beanstalks are a huge tech. They think about well, you need this material that allow it to be thousands of miles long and you know, stuff like that. That's not the only problem. The problem is is that anything that goes up and down it has to have has to have power the whole way along. Okay, so you so what are you going to do? You gonna you know, embed you know uh, solar cells all along this beanstalk? to provide the power so the elevator can keep going and and oh yeah it doesn't take like five seconds to go from the earth to the moon or actually not that it's far. a couple hours no weeks sometimes because until you get out of the atmosphere you know you can't go very fast yeah that's right yeah, so uh, in some of the stories I've read it's taken like a week to go from the ground to you know, the, uh, uh, to the, to the top of the beanstalk, which is in orbit, you know, might be in a Lagrange point, but that's pretty far out. It might just be, you know, far enough that you get a bit like where a geosynchronic, uh, satellite would be. Yeah. That's the, the ones I've seen as far as, cause I actually had a, uh, my uncle was married to, uh, one of the NASA staff working on the space elevator. Uh-huh. And yeah, it was, yeah, the goal was to get it to a, the, a, the, the top of the elevator to geosynchronous orbit, which is above where the space station is. But yeah, you don't have to go quite as far as Lagrange, but it's, yeah, it's not a short distance right. orbital wise. So, so people would treat this journey up to the, the to, to the top of the beanstalk like an ocean cruise. So, you know, they, they would have cabins, they would have meals provided. They would, you know, you, go out just like you go out in the deck and look at the ocean and look at the sunset you'd have these viewing areas you could see the earth getting smaller and smaller and of course it rotates so you'd see different countries you see weather you know maybe the aurora borealis if you're lucky you know uh, at some point you know you might even pass you yeah. might be passing through the aurora borealis you know and that would be exciting yeah if you've got living passengers yeah you're not going fast you're you're taking your time but if you're just doing cargo and that's not fragile and it's just like pure, you know, raw resources or something like that, then, yeah, you could bump up the G's and make the, the, the trip a good bit faster. Right. But, yeah. you know, you're still attached to this beanstalk. Yeah. So that means that if you go after a certain speed, it's going to be dangerous. If anything goes wrong, you're going to be oh, like, yeah. you know, either falling away from the beanstalk with with destructive effects or hitting the beanstalk with destructive effects. <laughs> yeah. So oh, no, yeah. a lot of it's going to have to be based on safety and other things like that. All right. But yeah, uh, reverse gravity, totally cool. I- great idea for a beanstalk. Let's see. I think we're, like I, said, uh, I think we still have our last thing, which is yep. military. Okay. And so, and of course there, you know, we're, and again, we're talking, you know, uh, when we talk, say military devices, okay, you can have like a little tiny, you know, uh, uh, fire elemental or even an air elemental. So you, you know, you basically producing a air gun. You know, it's it's basically yeah. in the thing, mm-hmm. and it basically does a burst of air and it sends a pellet out the gun. You know, as you know, with fat, the force of a bullet. The yeah. force of a bullet. You know, so there's. There's, you know, there, there's a kind of a pop sound, especially if it's yep. going faster than the speed of sound. Okay. But it doesn't, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's not going to get very hot. Uh, you It works in all weather. 
you know, un unlike, you know, yeah. uh, the especially the early firearms where, you know, it, it was a constant struggle to keep your powder dry. And if you put yep. it into the pan, you know, you had to have a, another material to light to set off the, the fire inside. Yep. Um, oh, let's see. What else? Oh, I, I, you might want to check my math on this. Uh, electrical elemental. Apply power to a magnet. Rail gun. Oh, yeah, yeah. If we're already, if you already have the ability to, you know, use your magic to create electromagnetic, electromagnets, then yeah, you've got your rail gun. Oh, no, there, there's spells. There, there's spells in OGL for magnetic field. Yeah, that's not a oh, problem. Yeah. And then just, you have your boom gun from rifts. Um, let's see. Also, weapons and devices. Uh. Well, we've already done communication, so I mean uh, that. I think the the big thing is that you have to think big with this because if you're dealing with magic, you're already probably going to have your fireballs, your lightning bolts. You're already yeah have yeah some yeah spells yeah. that that are you know meant to take out individuals or small groups. So oh, I mean if anything you want to do that, then cloud kill and stinking yeah stinking cloud. Uh, yeah. solid fog for crowd control. So, oh yeah, we don't want these people to move. We're not going to have them go through this area. Yeah, so for these things, you, you're probably going to, if you're going to use magic in these ways, you're going to be doing the big, like like I said earlier, oh, like oh, siege no. type weaponry. Like. Oh no, no, Arsenal, the other book by Perpetrated Press that I use for techno magic. They've got both psionic and magical firearms. You could do force blasts, you know, magic missile. Okay, you pull that trigger, it's either a stun blast or you're going to get put through a wall. <laughs> you have grenades with black tentacles. Again, crowd control. Anything within that 20-foot radius of that grenade and it goes off, you're you're getting grappled. So you're talking about, and, you know, trigger device, uh, trigger spells. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but, basically but how, do you, grenade, how do you interface yeah. that with technology? It's basically in a grenade. It works like a grenade, except the spell goes off. Okay. Uh, I was thinking of yeah. you, you summon up a whole bunch of like fire elementals and you put them into that that uh, that catcher on a uh, either a trebuchet or a catapult, and you hurl them, you know, into uh, over the wall, uh, oh, and uh, <laughs> you know, and they just you know, set everything on fire. Wreak havoc, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not only do you have that, that fireball effect, but the fireball moves on its own now. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, With it, purpose. Yeah. Uh, rather than taking the elementals and, you know, and saying, go forth, my children, and destroy, okay, you actually you use, send them forth. use technology to uh, facilitate the effect. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I mentioned about spells that summon, you know, uh, materials. Uh so uh, you, so f like uh, if, if I'm trying to think of, uh, you could summon, for example, mercury or materials that are very toxic, and then you know, uh, you know, on a uh, as needed basis, and then put them into a, a dispersion device, like a, as you say, uh, a fogger <clears throat> or um, you know. A, uh, some just something where you could just spray it around and just basically it'd be like poison gas. Yeah, okay. use an air elemental to push that gas out. Yeah, right, right. But you, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, that's not really introducing you know and uh, with technology, but um, take those earth elementals, mount some mount some field pieces onto their backs. The earth elementals are now carrying your field pieces forward. Okay, using their... Oh, work. no, no. You, I mean, you could use them together. You could have sit there and have a fire elemental flamethrower being carried by an earth elemental. If we're going to go down this route. Well, yeah, just... do that too. You know, but I, I'm yeah. just saying is that you, know, you use the earth elemental for the transport of the, of the other piece of technology. Okay, yeah. So it's, it's, it's military, a military application of a, of a transportation. Well, why have tank treads when you can have... A... You know, a transport a, a, a transportation method that, if it needs to, it can just go th through the ground. Oh yeah, the Earth Glide. Yeah. yeah, you would bypass walls. You would bypass trenches. You would oh, bypass. This, 
This yeah. cliff is too steep for our horses. Well, get the earth elemental out. He'll just climb up it like it's water. Or he'll yeah. just shape it into something that the horses can get up. That's true. And, yeah, and, sure. yeah there, and there go your Army Corps of Engineers going, I'm out. I'm done. Yeah, because they'll just ref they'll reform they'll reform the earth they'll reform that earth to make that bridge instead of having that tank you know that that unfolds the bridge over the chasm you drive over and yeah no well, you your have- your engineering corps isn't about doing the work anymore now it's about training the elementals to do the work yeah basically your your corps of engineers is pretty much I mean they might have some engineering skills but yeah. The elementals do all the "quote unquote" heavy lifting. Yeah, they're 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 more uh, conjurers now. Yeah, it's not about them doing the work; it's about them knowing wh- where the force needs to be applied. What you know, yeah. what, what you know, how thick do we need? You know, what what's the shape of the arch needed for this bridge the elemental is making? You know, so it doesn't collapse under its own weight or something. So you have wizards with high ranks in both Arcana, planes, and knowledge engineering, right? And architecture, yeah, exactly. yeah. Or you have you have a team that work together. You 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 have the the engineers who draw up the plans, and then you know, and then the wizard who's smart enough to understand the plans as drawn, and who then uh, enforces his will upon the elementals, so the elementals will do it correctly. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, it, that's all, that is basically you know incorporating magic and technology. Sure. Okay. Well, I think we're out of time. Uh, I uh, I think we covered a lot of territory here. Oh no no we we again as oh, Blake yeah. used to say we we killed the subject. Yeah. Oh, actually, I think there's probably a lot more we could talk. No, about. we could probably go on for another two hours of of just. But I do want to like reinforce something, and that is, is it would you know, that if you do this, and you're not just simply talking about permanent spells, you know, like walls of force or walls of fire or things like that, you know, you if you're talking about incorporating, you know, paraliving or living creatures with magical abilities, you know, into your te- with your technology, you're going to deal have to deal with you know, the moral aspects uh, of, of this, this synthesis. So, you know, uh, uh, and I would, you know, I, I really uh, admonish GMs to not take the easy way out, but really, you know, think, think hard about how to make this sustainable, interesting, and something that'll galvanize the players to either, you know, wow them or horrify them. I mean, you know, uh, but uh, you know, make don't don't make your elementals or or rather creatures faceless monsters. You know that can be ignored. Okay, because that's how it is in D anD D mostly. It's like you summon up a creature, you use it in a battle, it disappears at the end of it. Nobody ever asks how the family's doing. You know, it's like <laughs> it's it's you know uh, that's you, you sit know. there and summon you summon the astral diva. Hey, Bob, how's the wife and kids? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. if you summon like a demon or a, or a jinn or something like that, you expect there to be some you know some small talk before you get down to business, like any civilized person would do. So you know, make why sure- are you calling me now? I was just getting out of the shower. <laughs> There, there's a there's a whole if you if you're all familiar with um, it's, it's Robert Asprin wrote it it's a story of uh, Oz the the demon but he's actually a dimensional traveler and um, and he's in a world uh, in a medieval type world trying to teach Skeeve you know his, his, uh, an apprentice how to to do magic and stuff you know before they two of them got together he had this deal with uh, uh, with the wizard. That uh, that Skeev was actually the apprentice of uh, Myth Adventures is the name of the series. Initially, what was supposed to happen was that they they had a you know a give and take. You know, uh, uh, he would call upon Oz, you know, who would show up, you know, and do the whole "I am the great and powerful Oz." Yes, I know it's 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 an intentional pun. 
um, and uh, it's in the books. <laughs> and he's scaring people and showing how powerful and scary this wizard is. And then likewise, he would show up and be the dark, you know, scary wizard, you know, when he needed it on his dimension. Okay, But somewhere along the lines, they started pranking each other. So yes, they would. he would intentionally summon Oz when Oz was in the shower. Okay, or Oz would summon him when he was in the middle of a romantic liaison, or you know, or they, or he'd summon them into a swamp or or something. <coughs> they were constantly pranking each other, and so the 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 story starts off with basically his the uh, the mentor summoning Oz, but his prank this time is he takes away Oz's magic. And so Oz is going to try to, to show how powerful and scary he is when in fact he can't do anything. But the wizard has a heart attack and dies oh, before <laughs> canceling the curse. And so now Oz, who is arguably what was a hugely powerful demon or creature, for, magical creature from another dimension, only has his knowledge. And his only hope is to teach uh skeeve enough magic so that the two of them together could be an effective force in in the world in which skeeve is living because he can't go back later on they, they figure out ways and they get past all that stuff but initially that's the deal you have we have to work together because you know you don't know nothing and i have no power so together we're, we're actually a full wizard so it's a great <laughs> series if you've never read it uh, I highly recommend because they have places where magic and technology are together. Uh, the the uh, the the great bazaar uh, uh, on Diva, which of course Diva Devil is like you know so a place where anything and everything and anything can be purchased, and uh, and of course all kinds of shenanigans happen in those kind of places. So uh, I highly recommend it. Um, you know it's it, it's a lot of fun. And I'm sure you could probably find them find them cheap. Uh, used to be used to be one of the 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 obvious picks in the science fiction book club when the science fiction book club still existed. I don't know uh, other than to just go and you know buy it online somehow. You know, it's in many many places. Uh, there are I'm sure they're available on electronic books too. Make your demons. Make your your elementals make whatever make them important to the story in a way that isn't just a uh, essentially a, a magical um, gadget, a magical uh, MacGuffin. You know, uh, I highly recommend that. But it's your game, it's your campaign, it's your vision. Do what you want, of course, and let us know how it works out. And and you know, and and for you know. Uh, you know, and, and for God's sake, don't press that button. And if you're still <laughs> around, we'll have something. We'll have more for you next week. But until then, this is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million million worlds out there, so go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. Is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.